Hey everyone, Christy McClellan here, and I want to invite you to a brand new event from Lifeway Women called Feast. At this event, you'll be invited to feast on God's Word by studying the Bible in its historical, cultural context. We're going to get to know the Bible in its world, in its native habitat, text, and context. You'll experience teaching, worship led by my 25-year friend, Laura Cooksey, and fellowship with other women around the world. Come and learn with me that the living God is better than we ever knew. Visit LifeWay.com slash Feast to learn more. Welcome to Lead with Faith. My name is Faith Watley. I'm the Director of Adult Ministry at LifeWay Christian Resources. This is a podcast for any woman who finds herself leading. Hey, Mary Catherine, I'm so glad that you're with us today. Thanks so much uh, for being here. And um, for all those of you that are listening, uh, Mary Catherine is the Executive Director of Operations for Justice and Mercy International. So Mary Catherine, say hey. Hi, I'm so happy to be here with you. <laughs> yes, tell us, um, Mary Catherine, about your role and uh, about exactly what does Justice and Mercy International do? Okay, uh, Justice and Mercy International is a, a small nonprofit based out of Middle Tennessee, and um, we work, we're a missions organization, we work primarily in the Amazon region of Brazil. Uh, working with jungle pastors, and uh, we build schools and do different things along the Amazon River. And then we also work in a very small country in Eastern Europe called Moldova, and we do a lot of work with orphans and vulnerable children there and have a transitional living program in Moldova. Uh, So it's two very different places. And as the Director of Operations, I basically oversee and manage all of our staff, both in the U.S. and internationally, uh, do all the oversight of our finances and financial reporting, and then also do program development and trip development because we take um, we take a lot of mission trips every year. Mm-hmm. So, Mary Catherine, what door did the Lord open for you to be sitting in the seat that you're in today? Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> what door did he open, Faith? I know. Um, that is a big question because I know that there's this is a has been a, a journey. It has been a journey for me. And something that the Lord put in my heart uh, many years ago, I, I did missions as um, just something in my free time for, for years before I, I took this position. And as you know, I was at Lifeway for 20 years. Right. And I feel like the Lord really used my time at Lifeway, which is a, a wonderful organization um, in, in Christian publishing, but that, that He really used that to um, teach me all the leadership skills that I was going to need uh, for this job that I know He was preparing me for over the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. And um, when my father passed away about two years ago, I think that opened a door for me that just really made me stop and consider what did I want to do with, with whatever time that the Lord chose to give me. Right. Um, you know, whether it's two days or 20 years, you know, what did I want to do? And at the same time, this opportunity opened up with JMI, and JMI is something I've been involved with. I was on their first board of directors back in 2008, and um, as we were adding this 
this part of the ministry in the Amazon, it basically doubled the organization overnight, and they needed more of an operational person to come in and help uh, really get the foundation shored up so that we could build for the future. And so that's kind of a roundabout way of how I felt like God led me uh, back to an organization that I had a real love for um, as, as I was just really pondering what what did I want my life to be about for these next however many years that the Lord gives me. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to the, your description of what you do, because explain to everybody what what is a jungle pastor? Because <laughs> I've heard you talk about this, and I've, I just, it's hard for me to visualize what that looks like in Brazil. So help us kind of understand what what a jungle pastor is and, and what their day looks like and, and how do they uh, interact with the people over there? I would be glad to. I never thought that part of my job would be uh, ministering to jungle pastors. That was never <laughs> on my radar. Uh, but the Lord has a way of doing those kinds of things. And when I first started going to the Amazon just as a, uh, as a person on a mission team, you know, we began to see how important these pastors in these villages in the jungle, how important the pastor was. Not only did they lead the services on a Sunday morning, but lots of times they were the person that people came to with every problem. Uh, You know, there are no doctors, there are no lawyers, there are no, um, in many places, not even strong leadership in the community. And so that pastor becomes all those things to his people. And um, what we also discovered is that these pastors are often very simple men. They don't often have lots of education, like we would think of as our pastors here in the States, but they have huge heart and capacity, you know, for what God's called them to do and, and to be in the lives of the people that He's given them to shepherd. And so Justice Mercy International began to see how pivotal this, these men and their wives were in the villages. And so we started, we actually just had our fourth annual Jungle Pastors Conference that we hold uh, every year at our center on the Rio Negro. And we had 47 pastors and pastors' wives wow. join us. Um, and this is a—I mean, we had people that come—the first time we did this conference, we had somebody who traveled 27 days, I think, to get to the conference. Wow. Um, we helped pay for their way. We just treat them uh, like kings and queens. We serve them. We pour into them with spiritual just— training and teaching, biblical training, uh, but we also just give them a break mm-hmm. and and let them have a chance to rest and recoup. Wow, that sounds like so much fun. I've been saying I'm going to go on one of those trips with you, and I am one day. because I just... have a hammock with your name on it. <laughs> Tell us what's the one thing about your job that you love the most. Mary Catherine, what is it that one thing that you would do, even if this was not your job, you would still be a part of because you just love it so much? Well, I mean, I really love, this is not a specific example, but I really love that I get to use my leadership skills and the things that I feel like God has placed in me, mm-hmm. the skills and the gifts He's given to me, and I get to take those skills and apply them to something that I love with all of my heart. Mm-hmm. And I get to see the direct impact of what we're doing in the lives of children and in the lives of pastors and and just churches. And I get to go, I do all the work here that has to be done that's sometimes tedious to make it, you know, to make us able to do the things that we do once we are on the ground. And I love going, and I'm, I'm, I'm going 
again in April, May, and June. Uh, I'm going to be over there a lot. And so I like to take the things that we've practically done here and then see them really play out in the lives of real people, you know, to see God really touch them and change them just by the power of the gospel advancing um, into these remote places. That's awesome. Well, um, Mary Catherine, tell us about um, what's been your greatest leadership lesson this year. One of the things that I've learned throughout my years of leading teams and projects uh, is that some of those leadership lessons I've learned was usually because something didn't go well. It wasn't because I did everything right and I learned a lesson. Mm-hmm. It was because something went wrong and it was just a, a leadership lesson that would just stay with me forever. Is there is there something in particular that God's shown you this year through your leadership? Yes, absolutely. I really, I really uh, feel like I've learned this year that if I'm not careful, um, I can get so involved in the details of my work and all the little things that have to get done, um, that I don't spend adequate time really seeking the Lord and doing the most important part of this job, which I think is the prayer preparation, right. and and just casting a, comp- a compelling vision. Mm-hmm. You know, because if an organization doesn't have a compelling vision, then you don't know where you're going and you can't you can't get anywhere, you know? And so I think especially in these first two years of being in this role, you know, I've had to spend a lot of time on the infrastructure of accounting and marketing and, and trip preparation and all those things. And that's all important. But for me, I think my leadership lesson is I can't just concentrate on those things. I really have to very purposely carve out time in my schedule to do the part where I just sit before the Lord and I seek Him out and I, help, I ask Him for His help you for that compelling vision. Well, that's a great lesson. And that's a great lesson for all of us, especially women who are so busy and mm-hmm. uh, we're busy with so many different things that we tend to put everything else in front of those uh, special moments that we need to do and need to carve out to hear from God. So that's a great mm-hmm. lesson. Um, Mary Catherine, did anyone mentor you along the way uh, and if so, t- talk a little bit about how it happened. I have so many young women that ask me about who mentored me or, or could I mentor them. And they, it, they, they tend to paint a picture that it's difficult to find someone to mentor them. So I'm trying to help women as they're uh, listening and learning about leadership. How, does that, how did that happen for you? I think for me, I had, I had two really strong leaders uh, I had many great leaders over over my work um, over the years, but two that really stand out to me. And the first one was someone you and I both know, mm-hmm. uh, Faith, mm-hmm. who was a very strong personality. Uh, you know, Mike was he was all he was all in. He was all in your face. I was minding my own business, and I will say he mentored me by pulling me up out right. of the organization. He. I was not even looking to be a leader. I was happy doing the the work that I was doing in the marketing area. And he basically saw something in me and called it out. And sometimes it was difficult. It wasn't always fun. Uh, I remember crying in his office, (laughs) but it really, it caused me to stop. And so that that was more of a, a leader, I guess, than a mentoring thing. But he did mentor me you know, by just teaching me life lessons about how to lead and how to um, cause a group of 
people to get all on the same page and, and to go in the in the same direction. But then I had another leader, um, and that was Selma Wilson, mm-hmm. who I love with all my heart. And she really was more of a mentor to me. Um, she would spend time with me. She would pour into me. But, you know, she really mentored me by her example. And right. I would say that we're always looking to be mentored. But I would say to women, too, to be aware that whether you think you are or not, that you're probably mentoring someone else just by the way you live your life mm-hmm. and the way you do your work. And for me, Selma taught me a lot about, first of all, just seeking God in in what you're doing and in your work and and loving people, you know, loving the people that God has entrusted to your leadership. And, um, you know, she did that just incredibly well. And she also really taught me um, that, you know, we work really hard, we pray, and we seek God in, in all that we're doing related to our, our jobs. And then we really accept the results of our work, either good or bad, right. as being from the Lord's hand. Right. And, and being thankful in either circumstance, which mm-hmm. is not easy. And right. I saw her do that, you know, in both circumstances. Mm-hmm. And that made real impression on me. And a real impact on my life and the way I want to to live out, uh, you know, in my work life and just in my personal life. Right. Well, Mary Catherine, I have not thought of this before until today. But if someone had asked me this that question, I would have named those two people as well. Hmm. And uh, you're right. I love how you described Mike in that he pulled us up. He did the same thing for me about the same time he was doing that mm-hmm. with you, pulling me out of an area of work that I was so comfortable in. But he mm-hmm. saw something. And I remember a conversation where I argued about the fact <laughs> that I really didn't want to be in leadership. And he looked at me and he said, you are leading. Why don't you let us pay you for what you're already doing? Uh-huh. And um, and just and then push to make sure uh, gave me great advice about mm-hmm. uh, working with uh, men in the organization because at the time it was predominantly male lead- leadership. Yeah. And uh, and th- those are some of the principles that have stayed with me to this very day. And Selma the same way, just watching mm-hmm. her. I find myself repeating things that I heard her say before, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and it, it's it's when you find yourself saying the things that people have said to you, that's when you realize who really mentored you and who really poured into you because you find yourself saying the same thing that you heard them say. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mike would say, you're a leader, lead. Right, right. You know, that's what leaders do. You lead. Right. And I would never thought about myself in those terms. And, you know, he really forced me to step outside of my comfort zone. I think right. that's important with people that you're mentoring to call them out, to see the places that they might not see in their own life where they're, where they have leadership abilities and, and, and giftings and to, to call that out. Right. And are you mentoring someone right now, Mary Catherine? I have two really amazing young women that work with me here in our U.S. office, and I would like to say yes. I, I'm, I'm trying to intentionally mentor both of them, and they're very different personalities uh, similar giftings in some areas, but different giftings, and just really trying to encourage both of them and spend one-on-one time with them, have those conversations. And then I have another uh, young woman that works with me at, actually in our Brazil office who is fantastic, and she's 28 and got the world by its tail and, you know, just uh, a spiritual leader, which I think is so very important. And so those, those three I'm trying to really invest in. That's great. Well, um, 
Tell us about a good book that you've read this year. It could be a leadership book or just a book that really did leave a mark on your life. And you've and you've seen uh, evidence that you're using some of the things that in that book in the role that you have. Um, a leadership book I've been reading um, with by Bill Hybels is Courageous Leadership, and that's been a, just a good reminder for me in a lot of different areas. But I would say one book that has made a huge impact on me this year, and probably because I lived a lot of it uh, with her. The dear friend of mine, Kelly Mentor, who is a Lifeway author, uh, wrote a book called Wherever the River Runs, mm-hmm. and it's really um, a memoir account of her time in the Amazon over the last you know eight years, all the many trips that she's done, and what God did in her life, you know, as He exposed her to these people and those this place, this special region, but also what it meant to come home and how she was different at home because of her experiences on a mission trip. Right. And I think that's so near and dear to my heart right now because I'm taking so many people on mission trips, and I want it to impact the people that we're going to minister to in these remote places, but I also want it to impact them and their relationship with the Lord, and I want them to see Him more clearly when they come home as well as, uh, you know, just seeing him on the mission field. And I think this book does a really beautiful job of of capturing that and just encouraging people and challenging people um, to, to get out and to, to do what God's calling them to do, whether it's to go on a mission trip or to go across the street to their neighbor. Right, right. Okay, this is the last question. And uh, Mary Catherine, tell us if um, you were having to prepare a speech on the five keys to being a great leader, what would be the number one key that you would share with someone or, or to a group? You know, I, I thought a little bit about this, and, and there are several things that I think I could come up with, definitely five keys of being a great leader. But to me... I think the most important of the five that I would have written down would be that you are a spiritual leader mm-hmm. who sets the spiritual thermometer for your team. And to me, if you are, no, whether you work for a nonprofit or you work for a Fortune 500 company, if you're a believer and you're a follower of Christ, then you know that should be our number one goal: is to be a strong spiritual leader, one that seeks God, uh, who ask him to help set that compelling vision, uh, you know, who loves their team and who helps their team kind of calibrate to be all on the same page spiritually and moving forward in the same direction. That's great. That's a, that is so important. And boy, you, when you are not leading from that, from a spiritual heart at times, because again, we get so busy and and you're trying to mark off everything on the agenda that's in the meeting or it's just so easy. You can really feel the difference. And so Mm -hmm. that's a great, uh, a great reminder for all of us. Mary Catherine, if those, the folks that are listening, if they want to know more about Justice and Mercy International, how would they find out more about this ministry? You can visit our website, which is justiceandmercy.org. Um, and that's probably a really great place to start. And then we're also on Facebook, and you can find us there. It's just Justice and Mercy International, and or on Twitter is JM International. Great. Mary Catherine, I am so glad uh, that I got to talk to you today, and thanks for uh, taking out the time, and thanks for being my friend. And oh, I'm uh, so happy, just, so happy to talk to you. And yeah. you're a fabulous leader, Faith, and oh, I, awesome. I know so many people that have worked with you and for you, and 
um, and just as your friend walking through life together and a lot of jobs that have kind of coincided with each other, I've, you're someone who's also impacted me. Aww. And you're, you're a great example of another uh, godly spiritual leader. So wow. thanks for being that. Thank you, Mary Catherine. And you have a great day. Okay. All thanks right. so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Just want to thank everyone for joining us today and for taking the time out to listen. If you want more information, please visit our blog at Lifeway Women All Access. And stay tuned next week. Uh, We're going to be interviewing April Dace. April is a video producer in Nashville, uh, works with lots of different country music singers, definitely in a secular environment. And I think you'll really enjoy hearing from April about how God uses her faith um, in the world that she works in and the gifting that she has. And uh, I think you'll really find her very, very interesting and lots of fun too. So we'll definitely be laughing a whole lot. So stay tuned uh, for that podcast. Home should be a place where we feel at peace, where we can be ourselves, where we feel loved. For a lot of us, though, home is a place of heartache, hurt, and loneliness. As believers, Christ promises us an eternal home. But what does that actually look like? And how do we deal with our current homesickness? I recently wrote a Bible study called Come Home for Women, and I'm so excited that Come Home will also be available for teen girls. It's perfect for small groups, helps girls answer important questions, and gives us a richer understanding of what kind of home God's building for us. The release date for Come Home for teen girls is August 1st, but you can pre-order it now at lifeway.com slash come home. Don't miss out on this opportunity to help girls belong and be loved. Again, you can pre-order it today at lifeway.com slash come home.